Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are back. Happy Tuesday. This is the Flowtrack Podcast. Gordon and I had a long travel day yesterday back from Eugene. I know people are probably thinking, man, why can't they just do a Monday show? And even if we wanted to do a Monday show, it would have been impossible. We woke up. Wait, what time did you wake up? Yeah, I woke four. up before. Yeah. And then we got to Austin, Texas at 10.30 p.m.? We didn't get to our homes till 11. Yeah. Long travel day. So we couldn't have even done a pod, even if we wanted to. But we're here. How are you doing, Gordon? Not going to lie. This morning... I considered pretending I was sick, texting you mm-hmm. and Colt and saying, hey, I can't do it. Make you go solo. And I would just slept in. I thought about it. There was a moment I was like, they, it's justified. You could believe that I'm sick because we had a long travel yeah. day. Because I'm just so tired right now. I am exhausted. That's what I am. Very tired. Consummate professional, Gordon Mack. We're filming the bonus pod tomorrow, correct? In the morning? Yes. That's still the plan? Do it tomorrow morning. Okay. Terrific. Uh, the email address, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Gordon, what are we going to talk about today? Man. First of all, my brain is scrambled eggs from all of the track we've Do you want me to tell people what we're going to uh, talk show. about? I mean, I came up with the title of this pod. I wrote that this morning. Title of the podcast is <laughs> Big Performances. From around the world. Beautiful title. Um, sounds like it could be a like a Jeopardy category. Like I'll take big performances from around the world, Alex, for two hundred. Yeah, like, all right. Playing Jeopardy track, track Jeopardy. Ooh, track Jeopardy. That would this be a- Jamaican sprinter ran the third fastest women's two hundred in history. I should make a Sunday. track Jeopardy game. Mm-hmm. You have Colt be the host. And then you, me, and a special guest can play against each other. And it'll all be based off of uh, 2022 news. That would be fun. I like how you did it for just 2022. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to tell you who won in 1995. No, come on. Colt has game show hosting experience, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct, Colt? That is true. Very true. What have you hosted? Uh. I don't think we're we don't call them the official names, but I think it's like Wheel of Fortune. We're gonna <laughs> wheelie words. We call it wheelie words. All right, at a comedy club in Austin, Texas. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. There's a place called Game On ATX that I sometimes work at. Um, they do like a game show experience thing here. 
Do you have a game show voice that's different from your actual voice? It's Cold Joys. Here we go. <laughs> you actually talk like that when you host? That's incredible. I love it. Nah, I try to avoid yeah, get... that. It's kind of too cringy for the most points. Okay. We're going to do a All game right. show podcast like in the fall, recapping the, the year, 100%. Mm-hmm. We'll have one of the members get to be one of the guests. That'll be fun. That'd be terrific. We're and the it. winner gets to take your place the next time you call in sick. Which yeah, they get sounds to take like place it's calling a fake sickness because I'm just so tired. But, it know, would be you know. so unbelievable, Gordon, because you've been sick on the show like every time for the last. That's month. true. That's true. That 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 sort of sums up Gordon. He would be sick on the show and not sick when he's not on the show. That would actually make a ton of sense. We do. <laughs> we will say we met folks who listened to the show one of the nights out, and. The person's response to Gordon and I going back and forth is, you guys are just like you are on the show <laughs> in real life. That was good. We're our yeah. true authentic selves. I think that's what yeah, we're not meant. putting on an act. Yeah. No. Yeah, we really were we arguing with we each are. other in front of a large group of people about track. So that made me feel good. Let's start with Shrieka Jackson. Of all the notable results of the weekend, this is at the top of the list. 21.55. had to check. And double check and triple check the results there, Gordon. Number three all time behind only Lawrence Griffith Joyner and Elaine Thompson Hurrah, who ran 2153 last year in that stunning 200 herself. And what just a weekend in general for Sharika Jackson because she runs 10.77 in the 100 as well. So she sweeps the one and the two, puts her name out there. For the 100, I think other people might say Shellyanne or Elaine, still the favorite. But in the two, I think we've seen enough right now from Sharika Jackson to say that she is the favorite for the women's 200 in Eugene. Yeah, I mean, back-to-back now, 10.77 in the 100, then 21.55 in the 200. She is going to a place that we did not expect. And I don't think even like Elaine Thompson Hurrah or Shelly and Fraser Price expected. I think they expected Sharika to be in the the big three party, but I don't think they expected her to start pulling away, have multiple mm-hmm. wins over these two. And it makes you really think about Tokyo Olympics, first round, women's two hundred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sharika Jackson doesn't even get out of the first round. And you're just mm. like, how does a woman who a year later is going to be running 21:55 defeat the world, the, defeat the Olympic champion multiple times, can't even get out of the first round? Clearly, there was not a talent failure. It was no, no. a brain fart failure of like just easing up or just not understanding where she was on the track and needed to qualify, but. It just makes you think. I think if Sharika Jackson potentially would have been in that Tokyo final, she could have won that race, which would have then changed our opinion of what Elaine Thompson-Hurrah's legacy is and would also just kind of flip upside down this whole 2022 narrative. But Sharika Jackson is the clear favorite over Elaine Thompson-Hurrah. And I thought there would never be a moment where I would – pick anyone outside Elaine Thompson-Hurrah to win the 200. But, yeah. like, I am very confident 
that Jackson is going to beat Thompson Hurrah in three weeks. And I know, I know, Elaine Thompson Hurrah, she shows up at the global championship, not necessarily the Jamaican mm-hmm. championship. And she shows that right. last year she was getting beat by Shelly and Fraser Price. And then a month later, she's winning double gold. So I get that. But Shelly and Fraser Price wasn't running 21.55 at Jamaica Champs or Jamaica Trials. She was running, you know. Well, they were running pretty fast in the 100, though, and the result flipped. I, the gap, though, is notable because this was not a close yeah. win. This was a blowout. And if you remember Rome Diamond League, she ran 21.91 there, won that one going away, too. And then we thought, all right, that was a statement race. That wasn't a narrow victory as well. She's winning these races by healthy margins. Now, both those women have the ability to close that gap in three weeks' time because three weeks can be forever in track and field. We just got done with the U.S. championships, and there's people who made the team who at a couple weeks earlier at NCAAs did not look good, and they yeah. still made the team. So a lot can change, but it does tell you what her ceiling is. And if you're just a fan of Jamaican sprinting as a whole, this is a big win because now you have somebody who you have two women who can go 21 five. It's just an embarrassment of riches for their, for, for them. And you were trying to press me on Sunday about making a pick about where the Americans could finish in the 200. And I said, let's just wait to see what we get from Jamaica. And that's exactly why. Cause we always get something special out of that Jamaican national championship. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't say, I still think Abby Steiner, is going to meddle. I, you yeah, know. that's not what you said on Sunday, though. Yeah, but the that's before I saw on Sunday was, can she win cold? Yeah, exactly. Yes. That's what I'm saying. But that was a she justified just... reaction because she had run the first, the best time in the world, the second best time in the world, and the third best yeah. time in the world up until that moment. So now she has the second, third, and fourth times in the world. So at the yeah. time, it made sense. Now the it job makes got sense harder. to put her... The second. job got a lot harder, is what I'm saying. The job got harder... For gold, and the job got harder for metal when you have Jackson run that right. quickly. It's just because no again, I didn't, two ways yeah. about it. She and could have Dale and Thompson Ross can be show up when it matters too. Right, right. The Americans and everybody else, other than these three, could run great and not metal. That's the reality of it, because those three, particularly those two, have shown how fast they can go. And I think, you know, if Shelly Ann is able to win the one, she's going to have a lot of momentum going into that, that 200. But my goodness, Jackson is just, you know, the whole coming down from the 400 and then also running the 100 and then also running the 60 makes sense that she's really good in the two. But she's on a whole other level than I think what most people thought she was capable of. So, yeah, women's 200, getting excited, just exciting, just like the men's 200. Um, I think I want to stay on the Jamaican side of things one last time. Um, on the men's side of the 200, we kind of had a unique situation where Andrew Hudson, who ran for Texas Tech, competed at the Olympic trials last year, the U.S. Olympic trials, has switched allegiances to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to win the Jamaican trials in the 200. It's kind of interesting because if you look at the, like, it was 
clearly like a late switch because if you go to uh, the men's 200, he shows up as last because he's mm-hmm. considered still nationality USA in the eyes of world athletics. Mm-hmm. Right, right. He won the the race handedly over, over Johan Blake and Nigel Ellis. Ran 20.1, yeah. 2031, 2041. How many people, how many sprinters get better when they go from America to Jamaica? Jamaica is like yeah. sprint country. Yeah. And like his easier path was going to Jamaica as opposed yeah. to running in the U.S. I think that's kind of wild. But hey, Andrew Hudson. Yeah, it wouldn't have been the case. Wouldn't have been the case a few years ago. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, Jamaica's. 100 team, you know, we talked about that during the middle of the USA's. They, they, they showed up for sure running super duper fast. Hasn't happened yet in the, in the two. So maybe that'll take another championship cycle to, to see something like that. But when Seville and Akeem Blake and I don't, I don't know if you, did Johan even, did he run that 200? He got second. Yeah, he correct? got second. That's second behind That's so, former American. So he, so he runs. 985 and then in the the 200 he's still way above 20 yeah that's pretty wild right there's something about jamaican men in the 200 where they just their fastest runners a former american and you know the next best runners running 20.3 i don't know Mm -hmm. but jamaican men are going to show up in the hundred, that's for sure. They're gonna have three guys in that final, I think, and uh, we're gonna have four guys. There's a chance there'll be seven Jamaicans and Americans in the final out of eight, which will be wild. And almost well, all we say Jamaica that. USA hundred meter final. Yeah, we always say that, or not? We don't always say that. Last couple of years, but it'll be fun though. It has had the possibility in the past, and usually doesn't. Uh, pan out. Uh, checking on the chat, Yolanda says Johan slipped out of the blocks in the final. All right, that would make sense. That would make sense. Uh, and also, I like how we just like up. take the chat for you know source of truth. Oh yeah, okay, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> hey, the chat would never the chat us always straight. Chat is um, also people bringing up Mboma in the two, and while we're not mentioning her, we just you know don't know. You know what I mean? Like what what her health status oh, is healthy. after yeah after that injury, and we're only three weeks away. Rewatching the men's two hundred race here. That angle is from very far away. <laughs> Could not tell about the slip, but we'll see this last the last hundred here if he's he's making up ground. Yeah, I can see that. In any event, though, I think it, as a whole, men, women, Jamaica. Their stock improved over the weekend, would you say? Metal sure. odds increased, basically. Chances of sweeps went up based on what we saw. Chances of getting medals went up based on how well the men ran. So I think they're in the right spot at the right time if you look at where we thought they might be at the beginning of the year. I mean, I was predicting sweep all year for the women in, in, in the 100, but that's been more solidified. The 200's even better. And then the men's hundred is better. Wait, you think the Jamaican women have a better shot at sweeping the two hundred than the hundred? No, I'm saying the two hundred oh. is better than I thought it was going to be at the beginning of the year. I'm comparing okay. expectation to current reality. Hundred, not to each other. About this, about the same because the hundred couldn't get any better 
really. Yeah, I guess yeah. it could have it could have decreased if other people from other countries ran fast times uh, that threatened them. But I don't see that happening. Two hundred better on the women's side because of Jackson's twenty one fifty five, and then you have the men doing something pretty solid across the board with Blake Blake and Oblique Seville. So better now. People say, "Oh, you should have known all along." Well. Look at the numbers. We've, we've been through this before. The, the Jamaican men have not been good. So give credit now where it's due. They're in the right spot. Yeah, three of them could get to the final. They have shots at, at, at medals that most people didn't think was possible. Because if you said, yeah, I think Johan Blake's going to run the fastest he's ever run in 10 years, I would like to see the receipts on that. Show me yeah. a time-stamped tweet or Facebook post or YouTube comment from that. One other fast 200 around the world, Jareem Richards runs 1983. Yeah. Impressive. Into, was it pouring rain too? Yeah, not great weather there. And he's been solid for several years now. So that's a good result. And then we had a couple weeks prior, Diamond League, Luxolo Adams of South Africa run a 1982. So there's some... Um, some depth there in the men's 200, which it didn't need any more depth because of just what the U.S. is doing to make that event special and memorable. And everybody obviously wants to see Lyles versus Knighton, but there's a lot now of sub-20, sub-199 guys on the year. Yeah. Yeah, 1983, it was – he did have a tailwind, but that weather makes it seem like that 1983 could have been at least a 197. Um, that was his first sub-20 of the year. Um, he did run 2006 and 2012 back in May and April in the U.S., but, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be hard to make that 200 final. You talk about him, you talk about Luxolo, as you mentioned, and then mm-hmm. the four Americans. Yeah, it's going to be a crowded 200-meter final. Fanbola? Fan- oh, yeah, Fanbola. This is the list of this is the list of guys who have gone sub twenty this year: Knight and Lyles, Curley, Adams, Norman, Fanbella, Richards, Bednarik, Coleman, Bowling, and then Josephus Lyles. So Josephus, Bowling, Coleman, Norman aren't running the two hundred of the World Championships, so that would leave Bednarik, Richards, Adams, Curley, Lyles, Knighton. That's a pretty good group, though. If all those guys make through to the final. And you brought this up, too, which I thought that was interesting. We have a different set of people in the two and the one, by and large. Curly's going to double. But it, it's not just a lot of doubles across the board. So a lot of people are really banking on that 200. That's their main event in, in these championships. Richards, you know, 200 runner. So... I'd be surprised if we didn't end up with that group in there. A lot of times, oh yeah, if everything goes well, but then they'll scratch or they'll be tired. Curly is 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 the only major one, unless I'm missing somebody, Gordon, who would be doubling back. I mean, Fambula might for Liberia. We don't know their hundred meter team. I could see him doing sure, both. Sure. So there could be situations there, but yeah, it is interesting how the sprinters are kind of seg- segregating themselves from exclusively 100 to exclusively 200. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not like that on the women's side, right? It's the Jamaicans are doing both. A lot of crossover. Two. Yeah. A lot of crossover. I kind of like yeah. it yeah. when it's not – I like it when there's like two different Events. versions 
events. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice seeing different battles. Like, I'm excited to see Curly versus the world, and I'm excited to see Knighton versus Lyles. I, I don't yeah. want to see. Like I don't, it's not fun seeing someone win one one and then lose the other because then it's like, uh, are you like just fifty fifty the best sprinter? I just see like I'm the fastest hundred meter runner, and this guy right. is the fastest two hundred meter runner. Yeah. Well, one if Curly can pull it off, that would make it more remarkable too because he's going against if Curly would win the two hundred specialist. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And the other guys, they obviously run the hundred because. Most people usually run more, more than one event, but there's a, a bit more specialization yeah. in there, on the, especially on the men's side, if you're comparing them to women. Oh, yeah, someone mentioned DeGrasse, too. Goblin. He, uh, I mean, how did DeGrasse yeah, no. win the Canadian champs? Did he? Do we know? Let's, let's pull that up. Pull that up. Some of these other national championships, difficult to know how much weight to put in them because some of them aren't. Most of them aren't first three past the post, so he didn't run. He didn't run the Canadian champs. At least I don't see him on the his result list. Last one was the last result was Paris Diamond League, June eighteenth, twenty point three eight. But he's another doubler. I would imagine he run both events. Let's see. Um, other national championship headlines. Oh. The 400-meter hurdler? Yeah, but before I do that, let's do the... Oh, yeah, okay, we can do the 400-meter hurdler. So, Wilfred Happio, <laughs> many crazy. people may not have seen this, this story. This is insane. This is absolutely a crazy story that I had to read three times to believe. He's a 400-meter hurdler from France, competing in the national championships, was attacked by an unknown assailant on the warm-up track 20 minutes before the race. His coach had to pull the person off of him who was subsequently arrested. He goes on, runs the race wearing, he had a patch over his eye, like a bandage over his eye, and then pulled his headband down over one side of his eye to cover it. And I ends up running a personal best. Um, he was reportedly, according to the article in the Telegraph, coughing up blood moments before the race. Oh. Reasons of the for the attack still unknown. And he got punched several times. Uh, he said after the race, I don't want to dwell on it. We'll leave that to the competent people to talk about the race. We worked a lot. Um, and then his coach said, a guy who came from nowhere asked if it was really him, Wilfred Happio, and threw himself on him. I belted it. It was 20 minutes before the race. We were ready to go to the call room. We're in shock. He says, the guy was arrested. Wilfred is fine, but I'm speechless. It's a mess. Sheer aggression. It's outrageous. These are savage methods. So, I haven't seen anything like this before. Have you? I mean, the closest thing was Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding, right? Where they send out a hitman to go after the competition. But this is a unique well, situation where it's before 20 the race. minutes before the This is 20 minutes before the race, not a, a random different, you know, time. Yeah. Uh, do we – so they say they don't know who it is. Do you think yeah. there's a chance that – the person doing this is associated to one of the competitors that he was racing against. There's a French four-meter hurdling rivalry that that goes that deep that I was not aware of. I mean, why else would you attack a random track athlete unless you know I, this is the French Championships? You have a better advantage if clearly he was the best runner in the meet. So, 
I don't know, man. It, this is wild. Then do we need gets a PR. more secure? Do we need more security now at like warm up tracks? Well, well they need more than a- they had. Clearly, the guy jumps. That's a hard. We we saw the amount of security at the U.S. Championships. Your badge gets checked every fifty meters there. So to have someone uh, hop on and do that is nuts. That's crazy. It must have been Flip so Jimin, much adrenaline Eugene. going through his system for those twenty yeah. minutes, and then ultimately the sixty-ish, the under sixty seconds of the race, because you are just kind of like, if this happened to you, and then all of a sudden you got to put an all-out physical effort, put your body through like yeah. the pain and effort after just getting this attack. It's it's probably his brain also, you're was hurt. probably like mush after this because it's so much endorphins and. Emotions. You're having to compete imagine with one eye. This. He's only using one eye to compete too. I can't think he's practiced that very much. And it's the hurdles. Like that's disorienting. To, yeah. to run an all-out race. Yeah. And I don't. So I don't think he would have had, covered it up if it wasn't a major injury too. Just goes to show you how how brutal the attack was. If he had to, how much damage was done if he had to cover up his eye like that? But Wilfred Happio. We'll say this. We'll talk to him we'll about Worlds. We'll see him at Worlds. It is badass. He does look like a badass. I'll say that. Right? The photos? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like badass. He's like, yeah, you can try to beat me up. I'm still going to just patch myself up, get on the track, and, and run a personal best. Like, it's kind of badass. I mean, obviously, yeah, you want him to be okay and safe, and that's priority, but he kind of looks really cool. After the fact, he'll, right? I mean, he'll tell the story. He'll tell the story. Hey, I got this guy attacked me 20 minutes for race. And they'll say, what happened next? So I ran the fastest time of my life. That's what happened next. Wait a minute. Didn't Amb- Pierre Ambrose boss get attacked at, at worlds? The 800 meter world champion. Did he get attacked? Let me do some Googling. Uh, the first one, police make arrest and attack on 800 meter. Okay. This is from the AP. This yeah. is from August 31st, 2017. French police have arrested a man suspected in beating, uh, injured 800 meter and injuring 800 meter world champion Pierre Ambrose Bras. An official close to the police investigation said the 24 year old man in custody has a record of acts of violence. Um, oh, after a night out. Yeah. Well, Punched him in the it's, face. The athlete said he had multiple facial fractures in what he described as a violent assault by three people. Yeah, what is going on? What's going on with French track with runners? French being sports stars. This is insane. This yeah, is Steven like... brings up the 04 marathon when the guy tackled um, Vanderlei de Lima, which had obviously a huge impact on the race because the race was actually going on at that point. But an attack 20 minutes before the race, I, just, I haven't seen anything like that. Yeah, we need to do the investigation into what's going on at French track meets and French nights out afterwards. That's, that's crazy. Uh, I want to bring up the British champs before we move on to Stockholm. Daryl Nada had a big weekend. She beat Dina Asher-Smith in the 100. She ran 1080 wind-aided, which was a... Big result for her. Came back, won the 200. I don't think she has the 200 
time standard though, and it was wind aided, so I don't think she's going to run in the two. But Nada um, winning there was big, and then obviously we had the eyes on the mid distance races there as well. Ricky ran the ran and won the eight hundred. Mir won the fifteen hundred. Uh, Max Bergen won the eight hundred, and then the men's fifteen went Jake Whiteman, Neil Gurley, and then Josh Kerr. Josh Kerr getting third. Did you see that coming? He's a three forty race. Not looking into it too much. I thought Gourley's point. Uh, he had this post on on Twitter that was interesting, where he just started with all these quotes, basically from things that people have said, like selectors have said. Which it's that sort of stuff is relevant when it comes to overseas because you're talking about funding, and in some cases you know, who gets on these teams. So basically saying like he's behind three or four other 1500 meter British runners who are also world-class. There are a number of athletes ahead of him currently in the UK. Basically he just was recalling all the times that people said he wasn't a top three guy. And I just, it underscores the importance of having a trial system. And my, my belief is that if your event is deep enough in a country Having a trial system is the best way to pick the team. The whole this whole subjective measure of like who's in shape and who's not, and all this other stuff, and trying to figure out these mathematical formulas, you just got to line them up and let them run. Because sometimes you think other people are are better, and that's just just not the case. And the easiest way to do it is to is the ultimate track and field way, which is go out there and race, go out there and race, and who's ever the fastest on the day, they they get that spot. It is interesting that. He saved the receipts. He was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna save these oh. receipts for a whole year and then come back and run well at the British trials or not the the not trials, the championships." Oh, so good for him. Yeah, yeah. Um, someone in the chat says Cambodji 1089. Um, what else do we have? From Did you see this uh, race in Dublin, Ireland? So. I did see that. That was entertaining. That was really entertaining. Into an 8.3 meters per second headwind. Running running into a headwind 8 meters per second is crazy as just a regular sprint, but then having to do it over hurdles is even worse because, I mean, the winning time was, what, 15-some seconds? It's just ridiculous. The first couple hurdles look normal, and then as the race goes on, it just starts to look as if they're underwater, or as if there's just there's just no way they can lift their legs up. It is it is just incredible uh, watching this race. It gets funny towards the end. Yeah, imagine trying to stay low over the hurdles when you have eight meters per second directly in your face. Can you remember a wind reading that high? I can't. They ran two seconds slower than their PB. So imagine <laughs> watching Fred Curley. Running eleven second hundred, you're like, what is going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how high would the wind? It does answer a good question. How high would the wind need to be? Yeah, for Grant Holloway or Devin Allen to run fourteen seconds in the hurdles. Oh, about eight. That's or, where it would need to be. How high would the wind need to be for me to beat them in a race? Like if you yeah, gave you're me, running. if you gave me a ten meters per second tailwind and gave yeah. Red Curly, a 10 meters per second headwind. Could I challenge him? 
I feel like I would need like 20 meters per second. I think I would yeah, need that's still, straight up still like seems low. wind turbine, like jet. You'd need to be, yeah, the hurricane need be would need to be behind, behind a jet. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's funny because by the end, it does look like they're going in slow motion and they're just getting higher and higher over the hurdles and you can just see they're not moving at all. 13 second runners turning into 15 second runners. That was a, that was a fun one. I mean, the weather was at the British national championships too. The the winds were blowing really heavy as well. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the highlights I had from the national championship meets. If anybody else has stuff, throw it in the chat. Talk amongst yourselves there. Um, do you want to talk Stockholm? You're going to do a recap pod on Thursday, correct? Yeah, Gordon going solo. Solo recap pod for me. Because you're going to be out yes. beaching it, right? You're going to be beach. That's a plan. That's a plan. Going to the beach. So I think we got about six or seven races to watch here. And some of the American – there are, will be a few American athletes there, but not a ton. And same thing, you could say the same thing about Jamaica or anybody who had big, high-pressure national championships over over the weekend, especially on this side of the ocean. Tough to travel there. Hopple mentioned wanting to run it in the eight, and he was initially listed, and he's no longer listed in the men's 800. So that gives you an idea. It's just, it's a tough turnaround to go through rounds at national championships and then turn around and run. But I think... I think the headline here, or, the, or one of the most important significant races, is Lamont Marcel Jacobs in the 100. This will be his first 100 outside of Italy since the Olympic title run in Tokyo. We talked about how he had run in Italy. Hasn't really shown that same form coming off of the injury. You know, When he runs this race, we're going to be about two weeks out of Eugene field is got some decent names in there. Got some people who could make a final in, you know, Reese Prescott, Akani Sambine, Fred Curley's not there. Rommel's not there. You know, Seville, Blake, those guys aren't there, but what would you need to see from Jacobs to put him back in that gold medal conversation? You put him back in gold medal conversation. He needs to run nine eight. I'm not. If he runs nine nine, I can't. I just. I get it. You were an underdog at the Olympics, and you proved everyone wrong. You won world indoors, but like going into world indoors, you were running a lot better than you are right now going into world outdoors. And I just, I think he needs, he needs to run nine eight. If he doesn't, if he runs nine nine. He's like, okay, I'm top five status. But in order to be gold me- gold level contender, he needs to run 9-8. Do you remember his PB heading into Tokyo last year? It wasn't fast. What was it? <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm saying, and you're still, uh, you still don't think. Yeah, but like times have changed, man. People are crazy now. People are running 9-7s <laughs> within 90 minutes. They were of crazy. Time. Yeah, but they were crazy last year too. They were fast last year too. What was his PB going in? Going into uh, Tokyo. He ran. Let's see. Probably like nine ninety five or something. Nine nine five. 
no nine yeah nine nine five, and then he had run a nine nine nine. He had run Dude, two sub tens. I just correctly corrected his. That's impressive. His and then he went ninety ninety. Then he went ninety four eighty four and then eighty. Yeah. So I I think I'd need to see. I I'd say he needs to see. I need to see a win for him. But the first meet or the last meet before Olympics last year, he got third. The one before that, he got second in the two diamond leagues. So, if the weather is good, because he ran 10.05 in Stockholm last year. Now, that was much, it was, let's see, I guess that was three weeks out instead of two weeks out. So, a little bit different. But, I don't know. It's more just, I'm giving him a little bit more leeway than you. I'll just say that. If he's sub 10. He's already off the leash. If he's sub ten and he loses to a Prescott because Prescott runs like he did the other week, then I think I'm not I'm not gonna count it. I'm not gonna count him out. But if he's another if it's a ten one situation and he's fourth or fifth, then yeah, I think it's too much to make up. And the injury was worse than we thought. Yeah, I'm nine nine to be top five, nine eight to be gold medal. I think if he runs nine eight coming off an injury in Stockholm, where the weather's probably not going to be great, I think then then you got to look at him as favorite status at that point. That would be remarkable if he's able to put that together that quickly. But why would we think he would run that fast? We just saw him in a two, in a. I know that's why I'm putting I'm putting high expectations. Basically, I'm trying to put a, around like you're not ever going to be the gold medal favorite in my mind. I'm trying to create. I think you forgot unbear- about last year. Unrealistic. I think you forget. Uh, hurdle. What am I forgetting? That he, he won the Olympic Games last year? I'm not forgetting that. Yeah. Well, I think you're forgetting how low-key his season was until the Olympic Games. So his last race what, over the weekend, he was 10-17 and then 10-12. He got the win. That doesn't mean much to me. Yeah, I'll be I watching. Just, I disagree with the state. Like, oh, he, he did low-key. Like, we need to recognize what he did last year was an outlier. Like that's not normal that someone that low key in the outside lane wins the Olympic title like in the hundred. Like that's not normal. It can happen, and it did happen, and it's awesome that it happened, right? Because it's a great story. But we can't just be like, oh yeah, we're always going to just have like you know nine nine five guys go on and win global titles because they're just going to have incredible three rounds at the. Global championship, like that's not going to be. I'm not talking a about new everybody. Standard. I'm talking about him. I'm talking about him. But I don't I'm even think about his tra- track record, his ability like, to get right when it counts. Last year, you had a similar situation. You had Olympic trials where an American ran super fast. It wasn't nine seven six. It was nine eight zero for Bromel, but it's still pretty fast. And you had Jacobs losing diamond leagues and running nine nine high. And then he came to the championships and won. Okay, this, what happened in 2019? Injury makes it different. What happened injury in 2019? He wasn't a factor at all in 2019. No, what I'm saying is in 2019, the, the, the gold medalist, Christian Coleman, was he running slow going in? No. Was the 2017 champ doing that? Was the 2016 champ or the 15 champ or the 13 or the 12 or the 11 or the if, 9? If, no. 15 like, was. 15 was. Gatlin was running better than Bolt that year. Yeah, but like Bolt. Okay, no, hold on. Bolt is not someone. Is not Bolt's twenty fifteen. Gallon was running better. As, Gat, 
Gatlin was running better than Bolt in 15. Yes, that's true. That but Bolt was yeah. not running eighth best in the world at the time. What I'm trying to say is you 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 take the outlier that but, Jacobs but then did in last year. Hold on, hold on. But, but then, then you're saying it's going to happen all lost. the time, and it's not. I'm talking about him specifically. I'm not talking about outliers versus favorites and all this other stuff. I'm talking about what even we know him about specifically. Jacobs. He probably had a similar build up to a global championship in 2019, and didn't result in him running nine eight. When when the same guy he's running like. 10 ones like that year. I just don't think he's going to be notorious for being like, yeah, I go from nine nines to nine, nine highs to nine, eight lows every year now for the rest of my career. Like, I I think think he did that once and I don't think he's going to do it again. I think American athletes are different than a lot of these other countries because they're not worried at all about qualifying, especially if you're the reigning Olympic champion. So he's not at all worried about where he needs to be. A month before, he's worried about the Olympics, the World Championships. So, so you 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 low key think he's going to be able to just replicate what he did last year again this year, just I, because he did it. No, once, I want to see do Stock- it again. I said I want to look at Stockholm and see. I just said my time is going to be more generous because I saw what he did last year, and this happens all. You forget, but this happens all the time, where people don't look good during the regular season and they don't have a good mark. And then they show up at the championships and they run real well, not just the men's hundred, but in a lot of different events, because again, their whole, we talk about the U S athletes, their season being geared around two events. There's just one, literally one. I mean, you say Europeans and commonwealths and all that stuff, but the priority is one. That's it. They're not worried at all about qualifying, but I don't know the nature of his injury. That's what makes it difficult to figure out. Is how hurt is he? I mean, even look at the sixty stuff. He was he was good early season in the sixty this year. Do you remember the sixty this year? But it was you know, yeah, six five, six fives, you know, high, some fifty sevens, some fifty sixes, some fifty fives, and then he goes to the World Indoor Championships and he goes fifty three, forty five, forty one, like because he's not worried about qualifying he's not worried about anything else he's just worried about that one championship meet but i don't know the nature of the injury that's what i'm saying tbd yeah. but i'm not going to count out i'm not going to count out if he goes and runs 990 and wins that race by a decent margin i think his odds are gonna be pretty good that's all any other notable events at stockholm so we got let's see uh, women's eight, Healy Hodge. A lot of these fields have one star and a lot of supporting actors in them. So you got and, – and they're mi- missing the second the second star, right? So you got Hodgkinson in that women's eight. Women's formula hurdles, you got Femke Bowl. Obviously, you don't have Muhammad or McLaughlin. Men's formula hurdles, there's still Santos, but no Red Benjamin. Women's high hurdles is pretty solid across the board because you got Camacho Quinn, Ali, who looked good. In the two rounds she ran at U.S. Champs, Amusan, Danielle Williams. That one's pretty good. Um, women's two with Asher Smith and Kambunji could be good. But I bet, I mean, the men's eight is probably where you're, where you're focused on. Your guy, Slamani Mula, in there against Emmanuel Career and Collins Kipruchu. That's a tough for you. Mula versus Career. Your, your old favorite 800-meter runner versus your 
new favorite 100 meter runner? How are you deciding between these two? Um, I'm all in on Mula now. Wow, career was a great run for me. Ditched career, UTEP days. I ditched career actually right before he won the Olympic title, which I regret so much because I was all in on career. I wrote articles saying he was the next David Rudisha. And then I got off the train. And then as soon as I got off the train, he went on to win the Olympic title. But I'm all on the Mula train. I think he's going to have a nasty kick. I think he's going to surprise people. Um, I think he wins this race. No, I don't think he wins this race. I think he gets second in this race. But he's going to go from like seventh to second. And everyone's going <laughs> to focus on the winner. And I'll be like, yep. He's just, he's going to, he's coming. He's coming for you. But yeah, I'm excited for this race. Seeing career Kiprutu, Rotich, the two uh, Frenchmen. Hopefully, they have security with them at Stockholm. Yeah, because of the the trends going down, um, and then Mula. So should be fun. Yeah. What about that women's high hurdle race with uh, Camacho Quinn and Ali and Amazon and Williams? I just think if if Camacho Quinn is just a tiny bit off. That women's eight, that women's hurdle race is going to be so close, just like we saw in, in Eugene on the, on the U.S. side of things. But I feel like Camacho Quinn's going to get it back to where it was last year, and she's going to get into the 10 twos again, or 12 twos again. Yeah, I mean, Camacho Quinn needs a response to what Kenny Harrison just did. So if she can go out there and run a 12-3 low at least, then, you know, you got to be like, all right, Camacho Quinn is still – the new uh, flag bearer, but, you know, holding the torch that we felt like she took from Kenny Harrison. Um, but Harrison, it's 1235, no joke. So I'm excited to see how Camacho Quinn responds. So Camacho Quinn goes out there and runs 12-3 high. I'm going to look towards Harrison as potentially winning. But if Camacho Quinn mm. runs 12-3 mid or 12-3 low, then I'll be like, all right, it's still Camacho Quinn's. <laughs> We're just living in it. Yeah. All right, I'm checking over on the chat. Robin says, talk about the men's 3K. What does mean? All right, let me pull that one up. It didn't make my initial list. I don't know if Gordon's going to be leading with this one on the recap pod. It, Maybe he will. men's 3K? I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Or Colt. Can you pull that up, Colt? Men's 3,000? Is there even a men's 3,000 in this race? Oh, yeah, this. Yeah. 1239. It's got a diamond next to it. All right, All right. Uh, there it is. Okay, Kip Limo's in it. Yeah, Jacob Kip Limo's in it. And Stuart McSwain. All right, this is good. Okay. Were they yeah. late ads? Were they late ads? Because that's... Maybe. Or you're just that's pretty bad solid. at doing your research. One or the other. No, I thought I saw this. Um, let's see. Kip Limo. What do you think yeah, Kip Limo I... can do in this 3K? Well, that dude has range, man. What's his, <laughs> what's his 3K? PB 726. He's like winning half marathons too. He's, and he hasn't been running a ton. I think he was on our list of world championship medal contenders that hadn't raced yet. Um, and then McSwain, I feel like was, was dealing with health stuff, right? Cause he's been, he's been pretty far back um, in the races we've seen so far, but yeah, Kiblimo hasn't run since a half marathon in Saudi Arabia on February 19th. That's a long but, break. But he's run 57.31 in the half and 7.26 in the 3,000. So 
All right, over under 730. Is he going to have any to run with them? I'll still go under because I, I don't think he's the hardest shook. over under because he's like, what is he? He hasn't run since February. It's June 28th yeah. right now. Yeah, he hasn't. I'll go under though. I think he's. I think he's running it because he's ready. He's sharp. He's getting getting ready. Yeah, McSwain's. Uh, I'm going McSwain's over. Too race. Yeah, McSwain was dealing with COVID um, earlier in, in the season, but he's got. Let's see, what does he have? Yeah, he ran 3:48 in the 1500 in Doha, and then 3:44 in Birmingham. So it means been far off of his best. Um, is there anybody else? Oh, McCall. He was really good indoors. 735. This is Kip. This should be Kip Limo. That should be him. Grijalva on the start list, too. That's that's big. Luis Grijalva. Yeah, Grijalva wasn't able to leave the country, right? And that's how he was able to go to the Olympics. And now he's running. This is his second Diamond League out overseas. So I guess yeah. Grijalva's you know, travel situation, he's able to now travel to different meets, I'm guessing. He's got, from what I understand, because he's a DACA recipient, he needs permission for each one. I don't know what the result was, because I know that was in doubt before the Diamond League season started, because it's tough. It's not as if they say three months in advance, we are going to invite you to the Stockholm Diamond League. A lot of stuff comes together on short notice, but the bureaucratic process for him getting getting clearance to be able to come back into the country is sometimes moves real slow. So yeah, happy he's able to to do that and and, and compete because obviously the the Tokyo experience was huge for him. And I know it took a lot to get that done. Um all right. Anything else? Comments? Good chat today. A lot of people, Jordan. Way more than normal. On a, what we never record on Tuesday. So. Chat is loyal. I love the chat. My favorite. Well, just the people and people in general. I'm excited. In. Do the Stockholm pod solo. It'll be me in the chat exclusively reacting to. Are you going to look at the chat? Are you going to look at the chat? I'll look at the chat. It's hard, man. It's hard to like look at the chat and look at myself. And oh, the I know. Video, you know. Yeah. Good at it. It's hard. So. But, you know. We need a full-time chat reader. Monitor? Yeah. Yeah, who can just, like, pull out the best of the chat and then send it to me. That's what I need. Best of the chat? Yeah. Full-time chat reader. Get your applications in now. Um, (laughs) We'll pay you, like, 10 bucks per chat that we read off or whatever. More money than I have. Speaking of chat, someone in the chat says, look out for Prudence Secodiso. The twenty-year-old from South Africa in the women's eight. Um, yeah, she's run. Well, it's, she ran one fifty-eight in Nairobi, but then at the uh, Africa Championships, she she got third in in two hundred three. So I'm interested to see where she falls in a, in a diamond league race. That'll be interesting. Women's eight, very very tough. Um, all right. Kevin, were there any interviews that you did at USA's that you think everyone should go and watch? 
Lyles, obviously, was good. It was interesting. Let's see. Uh, Makai Williams is very emotional. I don't know if I mentioned that. He just missed making the team. And he actually initially declined to speak, which obviously understood. He was very disappointed. But then he said he would come back. And he and then he came back, which, again, you, you don't see that often. He said um, he's obviously just really upset about the result. Um, I'm trying to think of – I mean, the Sawinski one was interesting that, that you did, but I was there for, for part of that one. Hmm. What else? What do you got? Uh, Wendy Kalati at the mm-hmm. end of the interview are talking about having an opportunity to see the family for the first time in nine years. Yeah. Um, watching Shikari ignore us. That was interesting. Uh, but no, uh, Fred Curley had two good interviews. He's fun. He always has great, like, he's very quotable. He's, he gives you like short three word answers that, pretty are, are fun reactions to like, hey what are you gonna do and he's like he's gotta wait and see you know he does a good job at kind of he, he speaks in headlines he speaks in headlines only so both fred curly interviews are pretty cool um right yeah. benjamin had a good interview he's talking about all of his haters on the internet um i didn't know there was that many haters uh and i thought woody kincaid and grant fisher gave good interviews they were very kind of mm-hmm open about strategy, which I thought was interesting. So Woody Kincaid and uh, Grant Fisher. Those were good uh, post-5K interviews. Um, oh, yeah, and Eric Holt. Get a yeah, real job Eric interview. Was that was fun. It was exciting. <laughs> yeah, Enjoy that one. I, I, enjoy, um, I enjoyed uh, Bromel talking about the first round of his speed suit was too tight and he was going to have to switch uniforms, but he didn't realize it until he'd already gotten to the, to the track. Jagers was good. Talking about his four-year battle with injuries and to make the team was uh, was an interesting story. Um, yeah, and check out the website. There's more interviews on the website. So th- we only put a few of them up on uh, flowtrack.com. I mean, on the YouTube channel, but flowtrack.com has all the other interviews. So mm-hmm. just check it out and watch all the interviews. Yep, yep, yep. yep. All right, we'll leave it there. The email address podcast at gmail.com tune in on thursday immediately after the stockholm diamond league meet which i believe is 3 p.m central time in the u.s yeah, is that right know. is that when it ends no you i don't know okay we'll, well here's what you're gonna do tune in to the meet watch the meet and then right after the meet is over that's when you know gordon's gonna start so just go from one to the other on youtube on this channel if you haven't subscribed yet subscribe um thanks everybody listening on the audio format if you're audio only we love you too we appreciate you sorry when it gets confusing when we're reacting to images (laughs) yeah whoa look at that picture oh my goodness i can't believe that's there look at this thing yeah we need to do we need to maybe put all the images and videos and stuff audio forms no in show notes so people can click on it later like oh here's the video of that irish high hurdle race yeah that crazy probably should do that and then next week well, and then we're doing the bonus pod as well, too. So if you're a member, you should get something for Wednesday. At some point on Wednesday. Let me just say Thursday, just to be safe. Let's say Thursday. We're going to record it tomorrow, but That's it right. may go up Thursday. Depending on if Gordon's sick. 
Exactly. I'm feeling better now. Feeling better. I'm happy I did it. I, yeah, it would have been it would have been wrong for me to call in sick when I wasn't sick. Call it. Now sick. you know though when I do call in sick, you're gonna think, "Am I faking it? I shouldn't have revealed." I always I... thought that though. You think I just now am onto that? <laughs> I've never called in sick, have I? I don't. Maybe I have. Yeah, you've just, we've just not showed up to podcasts before. Well, that wasn't on purpose. That was me just not being in the right mental state to do the pod. So that was no. You um, overslept that one day. Yeah, I wasn't in the right mental state. I was in the state of sleeping. <laughs> the right mental state sounds like you, there was actually something going on other than you just being tired and not wanting to wake up. What day was that? Which pod was that? It was like a Saturday morning pod because Birmingham yeah. wanted to run their yeah. meet in, like, in the middle of the day. Yeah. I mean, I went out that night. That's what happened. I went out it was, Friday night. It was karaoke. And, it was karaoke. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. What I are the odds? make it to karaoke the... that night too. It was, it was bad. Both of, the, both of the marathons in Eugene are obviously first thing in the morning, like a 6 a.m. start, 6.30 a.m. start. What are the odds, guys, that Gordon shows up to that on time? Got to be pretty low, I mean, right? Here's the thing: I only need to be there by eight when the marathon's over, right? I could just look at the results after and be like, "Okay, I, I will, I will represent us. I will do my job." It's it gets light so early in the morning there; it is easy to wake up early in Eugene. I will say that. I mean, you had the you had some some dark blinds in there, but I didn't, a lot of light was coming through at like five 30 every morning. So I'll be there on time. Anyway, let's go. Let's, let's, uh, let's end this thing. Let's do Again, it. The email just Thanks for listening. Like podcast, subscribe. Gmail. Bonus pod tomorrow. Yep. Thanks Colt. See you guys.